Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy at the tariff. You don't want to call it a tariff war, but it's skirmish, skirmish. conflict. Uh, it's escalating. It's escalating. $200 billion worth of Chinese imports got slapped with a 10% tariff by uh, the Trump administration. Uh, spread uh, $200 billion worth of Chinese imports spread across thousands and thousands of products. And then and China slapped back, putting tariffs on meat, clothes, chemicals, auto parts, pretty much everything we buy from China. Yeah, <laughs> uh, except uh, the iPhone. Uh, interesting, there's a, a theory in economics called the tax salience theory that uh, people uh, adjust their consumption habits based on uh, increased price, but where that tax is applied, uh, more likely to adjust their consumption down when a tax is included in the price, which of course is the case with the tariff, versus when sales tax is added on at the cash register, for example. Same reason you see uh, uh, sensitivity to gas prices because it's you know kind of widely advertised. It comes out of people's disposable income, and so they're more sensitive to it than they are, say, oh, uh, withholding from their salary that they don't see. They don't have to write a big check for. Or if you pay property taxes out of an escrow account versus having to write a big check. Right. It's a big difference. Big it's difference. a different kind of pain. Which is why I think, you. by the way, um, and I— like to advance legislation in Illinois. That everyone should not you, have their taxes escrowed? Correct. You have to pay your property tax. You have to write a check. Uh, I've tried that. Wake people up a little bit. Um, tried to keep it separate and have an old fund. But if there's an emergency, then you have to dip into that fund, and then you're s screwed come property tax time. Well, so the question is, are we still in this uh, beginning or intermediate phase of short-term pain for long-term gain, the long-term gain being a low t lower tariff environment across the board, and frankly, um, suffering a little bit so to really impose punishment on a well competitor, but uh, collaborator as well when it comes to the voluntary exchange of goods and services, particularly goods. We're talking about the Chinese, of course. For answers to those questions, we're pleased to be joined again by our friend Steve Moore, chief economist for CNN, Wall Street Journal columnist. Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Hi, guys. Good morning. Morning. So is this a, uh, a new phase uh, in the uh, trade policy of the Trump administration? Are we getting to a more precarious place, <laughs> or, or is this uh, you know, just the continued execution, and we're going, there's going to be more pain in the short term uh, for that low, lower tariff environment across the board that Larry Kudlow envisions? Well, to quote uh, Winston Churchill in 1941, uh, this isn't the beginning of the end, it's the end of the beginning. Uh, so, you know, we are in the middle stages of this, uh, I guess we could call it a trade war, you're calling a skirmish uh, battle, um, but look, this is tit for tat, no question about it. You know, we've imposed $200 billion more on them, and, and uh, China's immediately retaliated with their own tariffs. Um, look, that's going to make, you know, I was listening to your discussion, that will make the things that come in from China more expensive. So when you go to Walmart, consumers are going to have to pay a little bit more for stuff. Um, 
And you're getting like to you're getting to like you're, you're getting to intermediate goods uh, when you're starting to impose tariffs on things like circuit boards. So the price of computers That's and electronics. True. So that means you know you were saying that it's not going to affect right immediately the price of the the uh, you know iPhones and so on, but it, but it certainly might um, well, at at the end of the day. <laughs> how is it that iPhones aren't aren't are, are, aren't a part of this? I mean. China slept, again, meat, clothes, chemicals, auto parts. Yeah. Why not the iPhone? Well, see, this is something that I disagree with pretty strongly. Look, I, I actually do believe it's time to get really tough with China. So, you know, I don't like tariffs, but I think I don't see any other alternative to get China to behave. And so I think that it is time to, uh, to get tough with them. But what I don't like, Amy, is this idea of picking winners and losers. And that's what <laughs> Trump has done here. He's basically saying, you know, oh, well, this, you know, this will have a tariff, that won't have a tariff. My feeling is if you're going to do a tariff, uh, and I wonder if, uh, Dan and Amy, you agree with me on this, if you're going to do the tariff, it should be imposed on everything. Don't, yeah, don't say, you know, I mean, because you had that, I think Tim Cook from Apple was over at the White House, you know, a week ago or so. And then, lo and behold, Apple's, you know, phones aren't, you know, the, the, you don't, you're not going to have the tariff on those. I think that kind of is too much an insider trading kind of thing. And, uh, and let's, let's impose it on everything and not pick winners and losers. But you, uh, what is the end game, though, in terms of punishing China? The end game, look, okay, so that's a great question. What is, what is the objective here? Um, first of all, we are in a tit-for-tat situation, no question about it. And I remember when I was over at the White House many, many, many months ago and spoke briefly with Trump about this, you know, and, and I, I said, look, you know, you impose more tariffs on them, they're going to impose more tariffs on us. And his response to that was really interesting. He said, you know, he said, Steve, at some point they're going to run out of bullets. And, you know, what he means by that is that we buy $500 billion a year of goods and services from China. They buy $150 billion from us. So at some point, if it's like $25 billion, you know, we're going to impose 25 you're going to impose 25 At some point, they're going to reach their 150 but they're going to have tariffs on everything that we buy. But we still have, you know, massive amounts of stuff we buy. So I think Trump sees, sees the leverage here. My bottom line here, what has not been reported by most of the media, Dan and Amy, is that China is in a panic right now. Beijing does not know how to deal with Trump. Their economy is really taking a hit from these tariffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're maintaining a stiff upper lip. But, you know, you look at what's happened to their stock market. You look at what's happening disinvestment in China. You look at how their, their growth rate has fallen in the last year. They're, they're being hit hard by these tariffs. I don't think they can withstand them you know, for, for more than a year or so. So I think this is going to get settled within six months. Don't you feel bad for the auto industry? I mean, they, they might collapse because if you, if you don't buy a brand-new car now, you should not do it in a few months because the well, price that, is going that to go depends up. On what ha- that depends on what happens with these auto tariffs. That's a whole different issue. And by the way, I'm not in favor. I testified last week <laughs> in front of the Senate Finance Committee where I basically said, the auto tariffs aren't even going to help the auto industry. Did you know the auto industry is not in favor of the auto tariffs? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. But you know why? Because they buy all these parts from all over the world. Right. I mean, when you buy an American car, a Ford, you know, the, the, the parts come from Singapore. It's assembled and, you know, the steel comes from Canada. It's assembled in Mexico. I mean, these cars are really internationally made, whether it's got a Nissan you know, whether it's a Nissan or whether it's a Ford. And so what a lot of these companies are saying is, look, if you impose these auto tariffs and the steel tariffs, you're going to make these cars more expensive uh, that are made in America, and you, make it, you may make uh, you know, foreign cars more attractive. 
Uh, but the implications, though, of uh, inducing uh, slow growth or maybe uh, go so far as to say inducing a recession in China uh, with a, a market of a billion people. Look, I, I just don't think China can withstand the pain very long, although that's not a knowable thing, right? I mean, Beijing, you've got uh, Xi is now, uh, what, president for life, yeah, so right. he doesn't have to face voters. But look, it's a question. The question you're asking, Dan, is what is their pain threshold? How much are they willing to let their economy falter? And incidentally, a lot of this, I'm told from the China people who are doing the negotiating for the United States, uh, who know a lot more about China than I do, say a big part of this for, for Beijing and for President Xi is just saving face, right? They don't want to be seen as, uh, you know, as, as folding like a cheap tent uh, to, to Trump. I think in the end of the day, they're going to have to do that. Now, look, I will, I will tell your listeners this with almost 100% certainty. Donald Trump is not retreating on this. He's not going to back off. I mean, China's either going to have to make major concessions here. And by the way, they should. They're, they have um, huge restraints on our ability to sell goods in their country. They, they're stealing $300 billion of intellectual property every year. They're building up their military in a huge, huge, dangerous way. I mean, it is time to get tough with China. It yeah. is time for the United States to use our leverage, which we have a lot of leverage over them, to get them to start behaving. But, and and but, I don't but, think Trump will back down. I, right. I mean, look, uh, but if we induce some sort of Tiananmen Square moment because China is a economy is crashing, what does that mean for the United States economy? What does it mean for the global economy when you're talking about, admittedly, well, a, a communist I mean, yeah. developing nation, but a billion people? Well, that's a great point. Look, first of all, you know, the United States has benefited from trade with China. No question about it for the last one. I mean, you go to, they, you know, every time you go to Walmart, you get, you know, low prices every right. day, and half of that stuff is made in China. So that benefits consumers. There's no doubt about it. You, you and I and Milton Friedman agree on that. No question about it. I think what Trump is saying is, look, we've benefited, but they've benefited a lot more. I mean, we basically subsidized their economy, you know, through allowing them to have free trade with us, even though they don't allow us to have free trade with them. And, and Trump is basically saying, like, the jig is up on that. You're now a developed country. You're now a world economic leader, uh, you know, right behind the United States. You know, it's time to put your big boy pants on and, and act like a civilized, advanced nation, which means stop stealing, stop cheating. I, I talk to CEOs of companies all the time who say it's almost impossible, Dan, for them to do business in China because you have to give up your trade secrets. You have to, you know, give up ownership sometimes of your company. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's preposterous, and we can't live with that any longer. But you're right. Now, look, if China, I, I don't want China to go in the wrong direction. I don't want them to go in the direction of Tiananmen Square. We want them to move towards more freedom and more open markets. And unfortunately, in the last six or seven years, they've moved in the opposite direction. Right. That's a big gamble with uh, communists for life, as we saw with well, the Soviet what, yeah, Union. Dan, Dan, I'm going I'm to ask you. I'm going I'm to be the, the questioner at this point. What is the alternative? You know, what if if we're not going to do these tariffs? What are we going to do to get China to start behaving? Well, I mean, uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, my position, as you understand it, yeah. free marketeer, is always it pays to be preemptively uh, free trade. So we should lower tariffs because we should look at policies that are in the best interest of the American consumer, uh, not right. not, you know, kind of the artificial construction of of uh, U.S. economy versus the Chinese economy. I'm interested in the 330 million Americans and their quality right. of life, not some abstraction. And so that's the approach I would take. 
and, and look, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm so, I think my position has changed a little bit. You're kind of arguing, you know, for a unilateral free trade, we should be Hong Kong, right? And, yes. And that certainly worked out well for them. I, I guess my response to that would be, look, uh, an even better option would be to get China to buy more of our stuff. I mean, it helps American farmers. It helps American workers. And, and you know, why not? Why shouldn't we use our leverage to make – if we're going to low – all Trump is saying is we want a level playing field here. If we're going to open up our markets to you, the deal is supposed to be you're going to open up your markets to us, and you haven't done it. And by the way, the Europeans, you know, have, have been deficient in that area. You know, he wants the same thing with, with, uh, with Canada. And by the way, he's winning on this. That's the other thing. he got to deal with Mexico. He's going to get a deal with with, uh, with Canada that's better for the U.S. We're going to get um, potentially zero tariff option uh, in many goods and services with Europe. So we may end up with a more free trade regime. I know you're skeptical, Dan. Well, I hope so. But I so. think we may end up with more free trade at the end of the day. All right. I'm counting on you and Larry Kudlow. You guys better deliver. He is <laughs> Steve Moore, Wall Street Journal columnist, chief economist for CNN. Steve, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. You Take too. care. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Connect with Dan and Amy using the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile.